Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am glad you're here and grateful that we have two poems again this week. For those who are new, as you're on your homecoming journey, feel free to send me your homecoming poem to homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Today we have a poem by Raven Wiggin, and Raven's poem reads, Guide my soul, nurture my needs, only show me things I need to see, protect my heart, take my seeds, grow everything you see in me, stand against the world, be my good stead, you are my eyes, I cannot see. Even at odds, it's safe indeed, for all you show me are cherished things. What's meant for me will truly be. All I can do is trust and wait and see. Yes, Raven, thank you so much. It is a journey, this homecoming. And it is a matter of trust as we continue moving forward for what will be, knowing that there are great seeds and possibility uh, within each of us. So thank you for that. And our second piece is from Nicole Johnson, and it's entitled Shadow Self. And whenever you feel alone in the dark, fear not, I'll stay with you. When you tell me to leave, I will not. I'll stay in the shadow. And when you ask me to help you get the door unlocked, fear not. It's already handled. Yes, Nicole. It is so important for us to show up for ourselves, even when we are in our difficult seasons, especially when we are in our difficult seasons, when we need to be still and alone, when we're in the dark of depression, isolation, grief, to continue to show up for ourselves with compassion and with care. And so, Nicole and Raven, we appreciate your poems on today. Well, on today, our topic is coping with medical trauma and chronic illness. And these uh, topics came requested by several of you, whether you are living with cancer, uh, diabetes, lupus, heart disease, kidney disease, Alzheimer's. Uh, there are many challenges. And so an acute illness is short term. So if you have the flu, then it's gone. That would be acute. But chronic illness is long term. It is long lasting. And so we want to really give our consideration to those of you living with medical um, chronic illness and disease, and also those of you who are recovering from medical trauma. 
And so many of us have had overwhelming experiences um, at the doctors. And what is a medical trauma? It's defined as a set of psychological and physiological, that's physical responses to pain, injury, serious illness, medical procedures, and frightening treatment experiences. So I know that there are those who are listening who have had to go through major surgery or who had a major injury, um, who went through a procedure with a health professional um, that was perhaps inconsiderate, insensitive, harsh, invasive, intrusive procedures. And not only if you were the patient in those situations, but also if you're the family member or friend and you saw uh, a medical emergency, uh, a medical trauma that can be overwhelming. And the image of that, sometimes the scents, the smells that are associated with that, the sounds that you heard as you were going through those procedures, um, all of those can be really upsetting, overwhelming, distressing. And so as we are on this homecoming journey, we are ever mindful that we are holistic beings. So the things that affect our physical bodies and the bodies of our loved ones, they also affect us emotionally, spiritually, socially, and I also want to name financially. Uh, that there can be a drain when we look at these medical bills and the uh, cost of medication uh, and uh, the ability or no longer being able to work. Uh, all of those things can affect our lives. And I want to name, uh, there can also be a spiritual effect, you know, where um, people have prayed for relief and uh, still experienced pain or having to uh, go through life uh, with a condition, with an illness, with a disease. And so it can strain uh, your faith or spirituality. It can transform it. It can even deepen it. Um, but there is an impact. And so whether you are the person living with chronic illness, uh, including uh, HIV and AIDS, um, I want to also name the realities, what we are living through now uh, with COVID-19 and the research finding uh, that for many people, there appear to be uh, longer term consequences or effects. And so whether you are the person or it is someone you care about, a family member or friend, um, I want to name how important this is to your homecoming journey. And also, if you are someone who uh, lives with medical trauma, who saw or witnessed a medical emergency that uh, has really been encoded into your memory in a very vivid way, that can be uh, distressing and overwhelming. I want to uh, name the importance of us attending to uh, these experiences and conditions because not only do they affect us physically, but they also have a psychological and emotional, uh, mental effect as well. So you may have, as a result of these conditions or procedures, uh, develop depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, panic disorder. Uh, some people trying to cope have uh, turned to addiction. Uh, and I also want to name 
uh, the very real reality of shame and stigma. And this is an additional layer uh, to living with chronic disease is if you are living in a society where the condition you have, uh, that there's a lot of uh, blaming, shaming, and stigma, then that's an extra weight that you may carry that might force you into isolation or secrecy or feeling like you can't tell people because you don't know how they're going to respond. And so I really want to name uh, on today the importance of us pushing back against stigma for us not to participate in, in it in terms of shaming other people and also for us to resist internalizing it uh, so that we are not beating ourselves up harsh with ourselves uh, for the conditions with which we are living uh, because in order to come home to myself, in order to embrace uh, the full uh, possibility of what this life can look like for me, I need to unburden myself uh, from the weight of shame, from the weight of stigma, and to really embrace the truth that each of us are deserving of care, that each of us are deserving of respect, that each of us are deserving of love, and each of us are deserving of quality health care, right? Uh, to maximize our wellness. And so what are uh, the ways in which we can cope with medical trauma and with uh, chronic illness? Uh, the first one I want to say is a theme on the podcast, and that is feel your feelings. Feel your feelings. So it is so important that we release our judgment for what we feel. And so if as a result of your illness or the illness or disease of your loved one, if you feel depressed about it, if you feel anxious and afraid, uh, if you are grieving uh, the losses that come with this diagnosis, uh, if you're angry, frustrated, outraged about, you know, having to live with the condition, uh, with the disease and the illness, with the memory and with the present day reality uh, to give ourselves freedom to feel what we feel. That's a place of liberation for you, right? To not feel you have to silence it uh, for other people. And there are some interesting differences uh, in terms of demographics that we find in terms of the level of distress associated with specific conditions. Um, one of them is finding that uh, women and uh, those who are gender nonconforming report greater levels of distress uh, for the same illness that um, a man would be diagnosed with. And a part of the, the hypothesis around that, a way of trying to understand that, is that often we are socialized to be caretakers, right? That it's our job to take care of everyone else. And so I want to really name what this journey is for those whose bodies are struggling while you're still trying to take care of others while you are expected to by them, while you may expect it of yourself, and while you may want to be to provide care uh, for your loved ones. And yet, 
the body really not cooperating and, and giving you um, a hard time, things that other people may take for granted or that might come easy, really requiring all of your strength, your energy, and even bearing pain um, as you are trying to just show up to life. And so uh, we see gender differences in terms of the level of distress, um, but we also want to name one of the pressures as it relates to men with chronic illness is this expectation uh, that you are to be unmovable, right? That you are to not show your fear, your doubts, your worries, um, and that you need to kind of present this super strong, independent, altogether identity. And I want to name uh, that across genders, we are uh, affected by our illness, by our diseases, uh, by our conditions. And so it is a part of your gift you give to yourself is to be able to feel and to name what you feel, right? And to actively push back against the stigma and silencing, which leads me to another community that experiences more distress, even when they have the same diagnosis, and that is Black, Indigenous, and other people of color uh, who receive a diagnosis of a chronic condition reporting higher levels of distress than white patients. And a very big part of that um, is racism, even within the healthcare system and in the mental health care system. Uh, there are research, uh, research studies that document uh, the disparities in treatment, that sometimes our pain um, is denied or not taken seriously, um, that we are expected to just be able to carry it, or it is assumed that uh, we are exaggerating because uh, the uh, myth or assumption that we're all drug addicts or uh, that we are not reliable uh, even about our testimony concerning our own condition. And so I want to name uh, that you are across race, across ethnicity, you are uh, deserving of care, deserving to be heard, to be held, uh, to be uh, seen in the fullness of what you carry, not from a place of pity. Those with chronic conditions are not looking to uh, be pitied or dismissed um, or avoided, um, but to really be seen and cared for and respected and heard, right? Uh, and so this is an important part of our healing and wellness and homecoming, feeling my feelings, pushing past the stigma and the shame while recognizing very much it exists. So I don't want to give the picture that is just a matter of your mindset, right? Sometimes people say, oh, you just need to be positive. Well, the reality is the condition is real, the stigma is real, and for some of us, the um, unequal treatment is also a reality, yes? So we want to uh, name that as we give compassion to ourselves and each other. The next important part of the process is us taking an active role in our health, wellness, and uh, illness and condition. So avoidance 
uh, does not help us. Avoidance does not save us. It uh, gives more time often for the condition to worsen. And so I want to really encourage you uh, to the level of your uh, capacity um, to try to educate yourself or make use of resources that can educate you about your condition so that you can be informed, so that you can look up, you know, and research the different options that may exist. Uh, sometimes people will only tell you one option because it's what they want you to do, but really, uh, when possible, getting a second opinion, uh, when possible, really uh, asking the questions, right? Being proactive uh, with your questions. Sometimes we can get intimidated with doctors, with nurses, with health professionals, um, but health professionals are there to serve you and to explain things clearly. And so when it's not clear, uh, instead of us being embarrassed, it's important to ask again, can you explain what that means, right? Uh, because sometimes with doctors, we may all uh, be used to talking to each other. So you sometimes don't even realize that you are speaking jargon, right? That you are using words that many people are not familiar with, right? So if a doctor is doing that and it just sounds like a bunch of big words strung together, to really um, be empowered to have your voice and your agency to say, wait, uh, I need you to slow down and explain it more clearly because I don't understand what you're saying. And there's no shame in that. It is our job as health professionals to be able to explain it right? To be able to, this is a, a condition that is affecting your body. It's a medication that's going to affect your body. It's a procedure that's going to affect your body. And so you have the right to know what in the world people are talking about. Yes. So we want to shift into engagement instead of avoidance. Another important piece, a key uh, predictor, a key uh, Thing, factor that really says how we hold up as we're living with these conditions is social support relationships. And so uh, some of you may be operating with a lot of secrecy um, because you're afraid of people's response. And we know because of stigma that that can be warranted. But I really encourage you to be proactive in this season about inviting some people in, even if it's one person, to share with them uh, the condition, the diagnoses, uh, the effects, how you're feeling and doing for real, to not believe that you have to carry it all by yourself. Um, but uh, the important role of community, of family, uh, friends, and if you don't have uh, those persons on a personal level, to know that you can also receive uh, levels of care from uh, the professionals that are involved, from therapists, from social workers, from chaplains, from the doctors. Um, it is important for you to know you are not just a number, you are not just a body, you are not just a diagnosis or condition. Right? You are a full being. And so for us to be able to respond with that uh, in mind. 
and then doing what we can to take care of ourselves as you're living with your condition or illness, disease. Um, So paying attention to what you're eating and trying to give yourself nutrients, uh, paying attention to drinking water, uh, trying to be consistent with medication. And if you're struggling, if you're needing help, uh, to you know, go back to the doctor and say, this medication you prescribed me, I actually can't afford it. So what can I do, right? What are the options available to me? Or if I'm having particular side effects, not suffering in silence, you know, to speak up and say, you know, well, once I started taking this, I felt better in these ways, but now I'm dealing with uh, these effects. And, you know, to share what the severity of that is. Some of us um, will often um, hide our level of distress, right? We don't want to look too overwhelmed. And so if you are used to kind of playing it down or always needing to appear strong, then sometimes the health professional does not realize uh, the severity or the level at which you are suffering. And so I want to really invite you to get um, honest, uh, to get transparent for your own care, for your own care. Because uh, when we are presenting triumphant, contained, and pain-free, then uh, people can miss the fact uh, that we are actually struggling. Another important strategy um, is uh, looking for um, uh, the pain awareness so that mindfulness or meditation helps you to really be in touch with your body. So if I check in with myself regularly, I will be aware if something feels more painful than usual, more distressing than usual, right? Kind of what is my norm? And though there are some of you who live with pain, right? So what is the the norm? And then for me not to ignore it when it seems to have gone to another level. Yes. And we also are mindful um, about um, our gratitude or appreciation uh, for whatever feels true for you, right? So um, I may not be grateful for this condition, but I may be grateful that I have another day, right, that I'm here or that I got to talk to a loved one on the phone or that today was less pain than yesterday or that today I'm able to move my body in this particular way, right? Or on today, I was able uh, to hold down my food. Um, On today, I am grateful that I can afford the medication I have, Right. So not in a toxic way that says you can only be grateful. Um, But if there is anything good about this moment, if there's anything good about today, about this season, for us to be able to see it, um, because the rest is often looming and large and overshadowing everything else. And so we want to be able to see the fullness of our lives, uh, the, the pain and the sweetness of the day. Yes. Another important strategy is imagery. And so especially, you know, during COVID, uh, we're not really allowed to go too many places, but to picture, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in the hospital, you might want to just picture being in your house, in your room, in your bed, 
right? Just visualize it. If you are at home, but you really wish you were someplace else, to be able to visualize uh, the beach or the garden or the home of your best friend um, or wherever you would want to be, gathering with your faith community, to picture it, to think about the sights and the smells of honeysuckle or the smell of uh, the ocean. Uh, and you also want to consider the sounds, right? Whether that is music, whether that is the waves, whether that is birds, uh, that we can take a mental vacation, a mental vacation that my, my body is where it is and is dealing with what it is and they're having to give me needles or whatever this process and procedure is. Uh, but in my mind, right, if you could see where I was, it's a glorious place. It's glorious. And so imagery is uh, very helpful. And also I want to name the importance of deciding that um, I need to make some adjustments in my life. That some things I could do before just does not work for my body, for my mental health right now. And so I'm not going to be in denial about that. I'm going to embrace this new season, this new life, and uh, adjust my expectations even of myself. And for those of you who have a loved one uh, with a chronic illness, adjusting your expectations of them in the sense of You know, when they were not uh, in pain or discomfort or when they did not have to alter their diet, they might be able to show up for you in a particular way or do certain things and we could take it for granted. Uh, But when people are struggling, when people um, are having to live uh, with disease and illness, then often there is uh, less energy and, um, you know, there may be greater fatigue, sometimes some irritability. Um, And so whatever that is, us adjusting to this new season, right, to our new normal. And then the other part of that is naming that I um, acknowledge the condition, I am addressing it, and at the same time, I will not surrender my whole life to it, right? So my whole life is not going to be that, that I'm going to carve out time for the things that bring me joy, the things that make me me, uh, the things that give me a sense of meaning and purpose. And so um, I am proactive with my condition and I do not lose sight of the fullness of who I am, the music that I like, the people I like, how I like to dress, what uh, the ways in which I like to speak or talk. Uh, whatever it is that makes you uniquely you, your flavor, right? Your flavor. And we don't want to miss your flavor while you are here on the planet. And so uh, you may have uh, your condition, your illness, your disease, um, and you still have you, right? To embrace who you are, even if that has had to adapt or change. And then for those who are living with medical trauma, of having had really overwhelming medical procedures or experiences, intrusive procedures, I want to really encourage you to practice your relaxation strategies so that you don't start avoiding or keep avoiding doctors and hospitals. 
uh, that sometimes these terrible things we have seen or experienced uh, will create great anxiety and fear, uh, but then we're not getting the care that we need and deserve. And so breathing uh, strategies and meditation helps. Uh, there's something called progressive muscle relaxation, where I tighten the different muscles in my body and then I relax them so I could feel that I have some agency for those who have uh, the capacity to tighten and loosen their muscles and whichever muscles work for you um, to be able uh, to really affirm uh, myself, my body, my peace. And so meditation can help your spiritual practices of prayer or reading inspirational texts. I mentioned social support and the importance of letting people uh, support you, letting people in uh, to not have to do this journey by yourself. Yes. And so a part of that is people supporting you in the hard times, but it also can be people being there for you to create uh, moments of joy in your life. Yes. And so um, another part with our relaxation skills uh, that can be helpful for those who have anxiety about doctor's visits or the hospital is putting um, your headphones in one ear and playing meditation music so that um, you can hear the doctor with one ear, but the other ear is just taking in uh, sounds that calm you, sounds that reassure you, sounds that ground you. Yes. And so uh, the last one I want to really name, especially those with medical trauma, is communicating uh, with your health team, your health professional, uh, because, uh, you know, sometimes people don't know. It may be in your file, but they may not know that you have panic, uh, that you have uh, intense fear, that you've uh, had a trauma, that you have a lot of anxiety. Um, and so to name that, um, at the beginning um, of the appointment uh, so they will know to be tuned into you. And that will also mean like, I need you to tell me what you're about to do before you do it, right? So then it helps you uh, to have a sense of empowerment, a sense of uh, calm and a sense of connection. So I am really grateful that even with the medical trauma, with the chronic illness, disease, condition, that you are being intentional about the journey home, about embracing the fullness of your life, because each of us are deserving of care. We are sacred, sacred beings, mind, body, heart, soul, spirit. I'm so glad that you're here. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.